0: Hi, and welcome back to Tech Talk. I'm Ken Mingus, Executive Editor at Computer World. I'm here today with Windows expert Preston Growlite. I answer some more questions about Windows 10 and other versions of Windows. Uh quick reminder, we're streaming live on YouTube, so if you like what you see, please subscribe to the channel. We're also streaming live on the Computer World LinkedIn Live page, so follow that page so you can keep track of what we're up to. If you've got questions or comments, uh, leave them in the in the comments field. We'll try to get to them during the show, and if not, we'll try to circle back at a future show and, uh, and give you some answers. So, uh, Preston, with that, that, That said, thanks for being back. Yeah, thanks for having me as always. Windows is still with us, which means you're still
1: with us. That's right, thank God. Yes, exactly.
0: (laughs) Uh, Why don't we just jump into some of the questions that we had from before, and then we can see if there's anybody that uh, has questions today. So um, question number one. Do you have any advice for Windows 10 network problems with 5 gigahertz Wi-Fi networks?
1: Yeah, we had this question last time. I didn't yeah. answer it, and I have to apologize to you out there because I misunderstood the question. I thought it was talking about 5G networks. So I was thinking about phones, and I thought, yep. ah, what, what's the problem? No. So we're talking about here. This traditional- is the 5
0: gigahertz bandwidth yeah, in Wi-Fi, like in 2. Wi-Fi. 2.4 and 5. In right, the- okay. exactly. Yeah, yep. so
1: there's, there's typically these days routers have both 2.4 and 5 built into them, and um, 2.4 uh, gives you a longer range, yep. uh, but five gives you more bandwidth, but it's a shorter range. And so the question is, what if you have five gigahertz problems? Well, the first thing I'm going to do is give you IT's help desk secret weapon. Turn off your computer and turn off the router. Uh, the, uh, re- reboot on, works every time, reboot. or it usually works every time. It does. I don't know why. No one knows why, but give that a shot, okay. mean, a- as always. Uh, that probably won't work, but just in case it does. So... Um, Another issue is, remember I, I said before that 5 gigahertz has a more limited range. It could be that you're just out of range or you're in, a, you're in a dead spot or something like that. So my recommendation there is move your computer around, or better yet, what you can do is there's a lot of uh, software for iPhones and for Android and for laptops that um, show you the network, your Wi-Fi right. network. Help you configure and it in if, more detail. Yeah, well, what also what it does, though, it's going to tell you the bandwidth at any spot. Go to a spot, and it'll tell you the bandwidth for each of those, the 2.4 and 5. Yep. So when you're going to locate a new place, first of all, see is your computer in a dead spot. Make sure not to use the same computer that doesn't work <laughs> or is working fitfully. <laughs> As your test machine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right? That's so, not going to work out so well. Exactly. So make sure you use a phone or something like that. Um, Let's say that doesn't find a problem. Uh, It might be firmware in the router. So, update the firmware of the router, which is not an easy task. It is pitifully bad how bad this stuff is the, you know they, they they manufacture these things on the cheap they cut corners everywhere so you're probably gonna have to end up going to the manufacturer site tracking down the right piece of firmware some riders do have it built in nicely some uh, updated few automatically like google wi-fi does mm-hmm. that automatically but n- most of them don't do it so try that see if that works If it still doesn't work, it's probably a a problem with your Windows hardware. Probably not your Windows software. It's probably your Windows hardware, which means the Wi-Fi card built into it or that you are using. So what you need to do now is update that driver.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Go to Device Manager. It'll do it there for you. Do a search and and just say, you know, how do I update my, my driver? And it'll tell you how to do it. It's straightforward. It's too many steps for us to go through here. Right. The problem, fact, might be a new driver. Maybe your driver is updated, but that was the problem, a new driver. So now roll back. your. I was just going to say, can yeah. you
0: roll back to an earlier version just yes. in case something, some update is what's causing the problem?
1: Absolutely. You can do that also in Device okay. Manager. And again, do a search on it. It'll show you step by step. So those are all the things I could think of. And just whoever's problem it is, good luck, because Wi-Fi is the toughest thing in the world to troubleshoot. It could be so many different problems. It could be if it was a 2.4 gig problem it could even be you're using your microwave mm-hmm. while you're trying to compute well oh, that interferes with 2.4 yeah I so know that. Okay. Uh, so you know anyway it's it's a tough problem but there are steps you could do to try to solve it, it
0: you know and it also does sound like something like you know Obviously, a lot of people. If this is like either a small business or somebody at home, you know, you can also get like a mesh network, which might give you better coverage. Good point. You know, just I mean, in case it's not the hardware of the PC that you're working right, with, right?
1: But it is the coverage,
0: right? It's the network itself and the coverage. And uh, a lot of these mesh networks that are out there now, a lot of people I know have have rolled them out, and they seem to be successful in getting rid of those dead spots
1: oh they do and you know mesh networks are the future of a lot of different things i mean if you have a sonos speaker system which i have ones i have probably six speakers throughout my house that's essentially a mesh network also i mean it's really there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff that mesh networks can do necessarily just a thought just a thought
0: uh just a quick reminder we're answering questions about windows and windows 10 with preston Gralla. so if you've got them please leave in the comments. Uh, the next one from uh, the last time we were here, are there any new exploits that have been found for Windows 10 like Eternal Blue?
1: Yeah, this is, I'm going to go into a little bit in depth into this okay, good. answer because it brings up a lot of interesting things about spying, about politics, about all kinds of stuff. So Step back a little bit before we get to Eternal Blue, which is that the NSA is the U.S.'s spy agency. It's the one that's the the tech spy agency. It does all the hacking and all the cyber stuff. It doesn't actually really have the spies. That's the CIA. So the NSA, what they've been doing for years is they – constantly are checking Windows, other operating systems, but mainly Windows, because that's the one that's everybody uses. Yeah. And they're constantly probing it for security holes. Okay. And they keep looking for them and looking for them, and then they find one, and they don't tell anybody about it. Well, I was it. just
0: going to say, are they doing it so that they, they can get in, or is yes. it, or they do, okay, thank you. So yeah. they
1: can get in. And okay. so what they do is yep. they hoard these, and then what they do, they got a security hole. Well, that's only a hole. That's only a theoretical problem. Yep. Now they write Malware to take advantage of that okay. security hole. And what they then do is, who knows? I mean, for example, there was something called Stuxnet many years oh, ago. I remember Stuxnet. Remember yeah. Stuxnet? Wasn't the, that
0: used in the Iranian uh, yeah, um, what, yeah, with the centrifuges?
1: That's exactly right. What they yeah. did is they took control of the centrifuges using this piece of malware called Stuxnet and spun them so fast that it destroyed the centrifuges. And look, it sent back the Iranian um, nuclear project years. Uh, but anyway, so that's the stuff they use it for. Okay. Uh, what happened in 2017 was that somebody got hold of a bunch of this malware that the NSA wrote okay nobody knows who there's a theory that it was somebody inside was the it NSA leaked, perhaps yes yeah, some, okay. somebody thinks it might have been leaked okay no matter the reason a whole bunch of hacking tools really were released that then really it's not that you would necessarily use these tools as much as use these tools to write malware right so eternal blue is one of these tools. And Eternal Blue was used to write what's called the ransomware, a, a ransomware virus called WannaCry, which was well, a course. monstrous virus I absolutely that remember. billions of dollars uh, in ransom, uh, not in in um, in costs were borne by trying to protect against it, trying to recover from it. Uh, hospitals, for example, in the UK, were shut down. It was yeah. a really big deal, and this was because of NSA software. It this is still out. with us, even though that hole has since been plugged. Most, a lot of people have not plugged it. For example, there are ransomware attacks going on against the United States cities, Baltimore, mm-hmm. Atlanta. Typically, they're smaller ones that are not as sophisticated and haven't, don't have the IT or the sophistication to plug these holes. So the ransomware attacks going around now are done by Eternal Blue WannaCry and its variants. So it's still around with us. Okay. Um, Anyway, t- the issue here, of course, is that you first brought up, wait a minute. They're using this to attack, but how about the rest of us who are vulnerable to these attacks? And also, if the NSA can figure it out, a foreign government could probably figure out that hole too. Yep. And so Microsoft – probably already has. That's right. And Microsoft has been in the forefront of saying this is wrong. You can't do it. We need basically a Geneva Convention for cyber weaponry and that's what we need to be doing. We can't be having the NSA hoarding this stuff. We're less safe than more safe. The NSA has so has generally refused to do it, but in January, the NSA discovered a very big hole in Windows, a really serious one. And they went to Microsoft and told Microsoft about it, and Microsoft plugged the hole and then made an announcement. I remember there was that. this secure, mm-hmm. right okay, so What's going to happen in the future? I don't know, but at well, least any idea something.
0: why why um, the NSA would come forward with this particular one? It was so bad and so egregious that they just felt like it was such a security lapse that it needed to be plugged. Do we have any idea that maybe they wrote some some code for it before they <laughs> it let Microsoft know? Wouldn't about
1: surprise it? me. I'm it, putting on my conspiratorial. That's right. Ad here, but. You know this is. The whole thing is unresolved because it was good they did it, but what happens in the future? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no agreement. Microsoft and all the tech companies are saying we need to solve it. There's no legal requirement that they do it. No legal requirement. Saying we need to – and it has to be obviously an international agreement that can be policed. But as for right now, at least the NSA did it. But who knows what's going on and whether it will happen again in the future. So – Eternal blue is still with us. I don't know. I would be surprised if new exploits get written using it because the hole is increasingly being plugged around the world. And so what's the point? You know, they're going to be onto something new rather than. But I was just
0: going to say there will probably be new exploits and new holes found because, of course, the NSA is still doing yeah, that. Right, I mean exactly. It, what, there will be something after eternal blue. That's yeah. not the last one.
1: No, no. There's always going to be something. The question is, will the NSA... Fix it, or will they write malware to exploit it? I mean, I think they need to fix it. Probably both. I, yeah, right. That, that, again, conspiratorial <laughs> right. hat. Right, good uh, point.
0: Good, okay. Uh, just a quick reminder, we're answering questions about Windows with Preston Growl, if you've just tuned in. Uh, question number three. Uh, this is sort of a broad one. What are three things that you would personally want in new updates? Okay. I, I presume to Windows, Windows 10, I, Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I assume so. So, well, the first is what everybody wants, which is a stabler operating system that works without crashing, without doing weird stuff. You know, it's much, much safer, much, much stabler than it has been in the past. Yeah. But it's I, thought, st- I
0: thought generally Windows 10 was seen as fairly stable. It
1: is, but the word there is fairly. Okay. I don't want it fairly stable. I, like yeah. I have you a, want
0: rock solid stable. Yeah, I
1: have a computer at home, and every once in a while the screen goes black and then comes back on. Okay. I've done everything. I don't know why. Okay. Why don't I know why? Why does it happen? And, you know, everybody's certainly experienced slowdowns for no apparent reason. Yeah. Everybody's had to turn off the computer, and all of a sudden it works well. It does well. even yeah. happen on the Mac side. I yeah, agree. Right? Yep. It does, too. Yeah. And so that's the first thing. And, you know, we all wish for it. And, and to Microsoft's credit, they, in fact... Making it well, isn't that the whole point
0: around. of Windows as a service is that basically you, you you get the basic operating system and rather than adding bunches of new features every six months or every year, the idea is that this gets incrementally better right. with each release. Absolutely Theoretically right. speaking, of right. course. And
1: but. generally, it's true. I mean, generally, it's so much safer, so much stabler, it's so much better than it was. So that's the first thing okay. I wish for. The second thing is the apps that, that ship with Windows, mm-hmm. like the calendar and news and weather and all those things, they're... These aren't traditional desktop apps. They were introduced during Windows 8, and Microsoft's thought was the whole world was going to go to this new architecture. Mm -hmm. And they're pitifully bad. They're really, really awfully pitifully bad. They they're have not been improved since Windows 8, basically? Uh, uh, yeah, but still they're bad. Okay. They're still bad. And so... Um, well,
0: they must but, have been really bad when they got here.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, good. I, I don't use any of them, and uh, I should use them, but I don't. I should because they should be good enough for me to use them. Right. And uh, Microsoft has even recognized how bad they are. And c- For example, OneNote is available as one of those apps in a traditional desktop app, and it is basically not developing the... It's only developing the desktop app from now on. Okay, but yet, all right, I, yeah. So anyway, here's my second wish: give me a good built-in Windows app, at least one. Give me a piece of software from Microsoft that's built into Windows that I'd say, "Wow, I can't believe it." Would that's you would great. you not consider Edge to be a uh, well, you know, Edge solid? Actually, I mean, I, go ahead. It is, but you know what? It's not using the the new architecture. It's using the traditional okay. desktop architecture.
0: Right. Okay. You know what I mean? Got so it, yeah. so
1: I want. Microsoft to prove that this architecture developed is good, and I want to be able to use something that's great on it. Okay. Number three. The third one is a feature that keeps, that Microsoft keeps trying to develop and can't seem to do. It's something called sets. And what they keep try putting it in the beginning of betas and then pull it, put it in and pull it. It's not going to be in the next one that comes out in the spring. And what this would do is allow you to use Edge as a, a as a kind of single stop place where you could put all the files and all the applications for any particular project you're working on. So, for example, and each would be in a everything different. Everything would be
0: in the browser. Yes. Everything, you'd access everything through the browser. And there would
1: be different tabs, and you'd have separate projects. Okay. So, for example, let's say I'm a product manager, and I'm trying to. Con- I, I, I thought of a new project, and I now need to convince. The, uh, the people at the top of the company, this is worth doing. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm g- obviously going to have Excel because I'm going to do an ROI analysis. I'm going to be doing a budget analysis. I'm going to have a couple of things there. I'm going to have PowerPoint when I do the presentation to convince the board or, or the CEO to do it. I'm going to have Word, obviously, a bunch of Word documents. Right now, I have to run Word and say, oh, what did I have in PowerPoint? Let me launch PowerPoint. Let me find that file. Oh, and wait, wait, what's the budget? Oh, let me launch Excel. Let me find the file. Here, it would be all in one place. And what's interesting to me is the more I've been thinking about this, the more I realize that, you know the way people say, oh, you're great at multitasking. Oh, Mm -hmm. I'm multitasking. Well, the reason we multitask so much is because computers force us to multitask. Having a project, like launching a new product, isn't multitasking. That's a single task. We should be able to single task on our computer by going to a place that has all these different applications and files in one place. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want. That's what sets would be. That's what I want. I don't think it's ever going to happen, but hope springs eternal.
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting when you talk about uh, multitasking. uh, I had seen some study recently that said that actually when you think of people who multitask or multitasking in general, it's actually people who are really good at doing single tasks quickly together. Well, that's interesting. This idea that you can do multiple things at once, it's actually you're not. You're doing one task, one task, one task. You know. Well, that's related to this. Maybe, that's maybe the we're just yeah. talking, you know the, the, you know, the definition of, of multitasking. Yeah. But I thought that was interesting.
1: No, they're very interesting. And I think, I mean, it's certainly, I think it's true. And that's why I'd love to have sets because then you wouldn't be forced to sort of multitask when you don't have to.
0: Okay, so not coming to a Windows machine near you anytime soon, (laughs) apparently is sets, but this is one of the things Preston wants. Okay, I'm going to throw in a question real quick, and then we'll check and see if uh, any of the viewers have any questions. Uh, I've seen a lot about Windows 10X lately, Mm -hmm. and I mean, of course, I'm coming from the Apple side of things, but I still have a pretty good idea of what, what Windows is, you know, about. What's Windows 10X?
1: Okay, what's happening is there is a new uh, generation of hardware being developed for Windows now that is foldable screens. So you could, you know, a phone, and and not just for for Windows, of course. So you have a phone that can open up like this and have two screens. It could fold like this and have two screens. You could have laptops. You open it up, and they could be two screens. Um, In fact, you could open them up, and it would be one of them might not be an entire screen. One could be a keyboard, and then the top half of a screen. There's all these new ways to have multiple screens okay. and the idea here is that for example if there were two complete screens you could be taking notes in one while reading the other you could um, do things like that
0: it might allow you to multitask That's though, right. fact, ironically speaking <laughs> okay. really
1: fun yeah and so x 10x windows 10x is the operating system for these foldable like for the devices thing. Okay. And, and it's a sp- and it is a version of windows specifically developed only for those. And if you don't have one of these folding devices, you can't use it. It's only going to work on these folding devices. And it's kind of a stripped-down version of Windows to a certain extent. You're going to navigate a little bit differently. There's going to be no start menu, and start screen, for example. It's something called Launcher. Um, one of the things that w- we'll be able to do is something that has been in the Mac for a while, although a little more turbocharged, which is, like I said, you, know, you can have one of these screens half keyboard, half screen. So you could be typing in the keyboard and the screen. You could tap it to help you type and pick and do the stuff like that. You could play videos in it. So it's for that. And so okay. um, right now, we're probably in maximum hype cycle because this stuff is going to be launched in the fall. But no one's really gotten their hands on it yet. So Microsoft can make all these they promises.
0: pretend it's going to be anything uh, uh, and the greatest thing since sliced bread and, right now.
1: Right. And unfortunately for us, I've been to websites that should know better that are hyping it the same way Microsoft is. So just be prepared. Be careful. Don't believe the hype. Um, It'll be out in the fall. Um, There is one caveat that worries me about it a little bit, which is that um, it will have – the apps are mainly going to be the apps that I hate, all these built-in ones. You can run desktop apps, which are called Win32 desktop apps on it also. However, they're going to run in containers. Ooh, okay. Yeah, so you st-
0: I'm seeing a level of complexity here that kind of yeah, scares me. Exactly. So okay.
1: performance can be a serious problem, and it's not clear every Windows 32 app will even run in it. I've seen some reports, in fact, that Slack won't run in it, which would be yep. pretty. Disastrous. That would be a pretty big hole. That would be a pretty disastrous hole. So my assumption okay. is they'll fix it by the time it launches. But that gives you a sense of potential issues. I mean, I think it's great. I think these foldable devices can be really interesting. I don't know if they're going to be useful, but they would fu- be fun to use. Yeah. And I'd love an operating system written for it. That actually so, works. Yeah, right. It would be good, wouldn't it? Okay. I guess we'll find out in the fall then.
0: Yeah. Uh, we should probably pause and see if we've got any questions or comments. Uh, Michelle, anything out there?
2: Our viewers are surprisingly quiet today. Okay. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, There is somebody he's asking, talking about security, and he brings up BitLocker. So he has a lot of issues with BitLocker, saying it misses security functionalities. And I can forward you the whole list that he's written, maybe make an article or a blog post or something. But but the question is, do you know if Microsoft plans to upgrade BitLocker to make it more functional, especially with quantum computing
1: exploits? Wow. Interesting. A good point with the quantum computing exploits. I mean, it's... because what's interesting, I mean, you know, quantum computing will be—you know—just send us into the stratosphere. How much power you have, and how many, how many th- operations you could do in a given amount of time. Um, right. uh, it's not just bitlocker; that's going to be a problem. It's going to be everything. Good point. I, but unfortunately, I've heard no word about Microsoft really updating BitLocker to any great extent, either the interface or the underlying well, the issue security. is it would have,
0: if you're talking about quantum computing, it would have to scale at like an right. enormous level.
1: Right. That's true. Okay. That's true. So, you know, I the answer is unfortunate. I mean, I'll look into it. I'll do some research. So uh, next time around, we can talk about that yeah. to see if Microsoft is doing anything about it. But I haven't heard a word and I haven't seen in any of the, you know, the betas, the Windows insiders. I have not ever seen a single mention of it at all. Which makes me think it's not coming Probably soon, not. if, yeah, it, if is, ever.
0: Yeah, okay. That sounds a lot.
2: And then we got another one. They asked the question earlier when we were promoting this event. Um, it might be a little bit too specific to them, but maybe there's a place we can send them to get information. So he's asking about Office 365. Um, he had it free with his Lenovo laptop. Now after reinstalling Windows 10, he's unable to access Office 365, the desktop version.
1: Wow. Um That's a tough one because I didn't... So he was running a different version of Wednesday Mm. before. I don't know. That shouldn't happen is all I can say. Right. It should carry through no matter
0: which version, if if you've got the the license or you're paying the subscription.
1: You know, um, it was free, so he can't check his credit card or anything Mm. like that. Um, uh, I don't know how old... Well, this is kind of odd. How did he get it for free? Because if you bought a computer within the last several years... It would have been had Windows Ten on it, mm-hmm. so he must have been having it. I wonder if he really is Office three sixty five or an old version of Office. Well,
0: could be, or I just yeah. wonder: is it possible Lenovo could have been offering some subscription, you know, for six months free of Office three sixty five, and it just expired?
1: Right, but if it, maybe it expired because even if it was for free, but six months would have would have expired a long time ago before right. you know oh, what yeah, I mean. Because right. so I'm baffled. The only thing I could say is. Um, check to see if you have a record anywhere of what the key was, the Mm -hmm. registration key for that, and falling short of that, if it was a Lenovo, try to get in touch with the Lenovo and explain the problem to them. Mm -hmm. That's all I could think Mm of.
2: Another question, somebody's asking, is there any news on Microsoft project management tools?
1: Anything you've heard? (sighs) I'll have to look into that. I have not looked, I haven't haven't followed it that closely, so I I don't have an answer to that. I could look into it and we could talk about it it next time.
0: Yeah, exactly. Either talk about it next time or drop something in the comments. Right.
1: Yeah, right. Exactly. Good point.
2: Uh, that's all we have for right now. Good. All right. That's okay.
0: That's good. Lots, lots of you know interest in what's going on, not yeah. just in Windows but around Microsoft in yeah. general. Mm-hmm. um Preston, thanks a lot for being here. Thanks for Again, having me. Love the insights, and I know the readers and viewers do too. Um, quick reminder: we're streaming live on YouTube. If you like what you see, please you know follow us, like us, leave comments for us. Um, same thing if you're watching us on the Computer World LinkedIn Live page. Um, please follow us for future episodes. Next week we've got, is it Lucas and I talking about security and Apple, I, I think believe. think that
2: one's recorded. That's so recorded. So they'll have to go to the YouTube channel okay. to find it there.
0: Fair enough. All right. Well, like I say, follow, like, and you'll find out what's coming up next. In the meantime, thanks for watching.
2: This podcast is produced by IDG Communications Incorporated.